you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the League podcast is above the law. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hanses, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Full house. Back together. Finally. Waited so long for this. It's been a while. I can't remember the last time we've all been together. Does anybody remember? No. What's happening in the world on a weekly basis that can be recalled? I can't really remember anything. <laughs> You're asking the wrong the crowd. This is, we, don't we don't know anything except yeah. football. We don't track news events. Yeah. Societal happenings. We don't know. That's true. We've been over that ground before. Football is the top of the list, and it will be on this podcast as well. Uh, this is going to be a, a busy show. Uh, there was like a, a science laboratory guys in a lab like working on Excel files next to me. Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling <laughs> hammering out. Their free agency top 100 list. 101. Uh, oh, it's 101? Well, there is some debate over this, but Mark just came good. up with this idea. Free what? agency 101. I like that. Ooh, that's a good title. Does you notice the double entendre? Yeah, no, I get that. I like that, too. Is that trademarked anywhere? Is it, is it possible that you could be sued for a massive amount of your... Income. It means, Dan, that you would be like in a classroom learning because of the. <laughs> I like how uh, Dan sees that there was an Excel chart used, and he immediately <laughs> was like, "These guys in a crazy laboratory <laughs> using their fancy math and calculus, and we're just ranking players from." I grew to up 100. in a coal town, Greg, and uh, you know, school hard knocks is as far as I got. All right. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to go over some of that list. We're going to Mark and I are going to kind of pick at it a little bit, and maybe hopefully. Things will get awkward. Uh, we're going to do some more off-season forecasts on a couple of uh, AFC potential contenders in 2014. Uh, we'll hit that. 
But before any of that happens, the gold standard behind the glass, how are you, buddy? Doing fine, thanks. I sat in on the Damashek podcast with the gold standard behind the glass, and uh, there was more awkwardness over him being referred to as Zach Ty by the Damashek contingent, and then I made a point of it to say that's not right. Uh, Zach Goldstander played it nicely. He, he kind of played it down the middle, which you have to. But I, we all privately know how he feels about this. Definitely. And thank you so much for stepping to the plate on that. Appreciate it. You got it, man. Let's do some news. All right? Let's do it. We will start in Carolina. A couple things going on in Carolina, but we'll start with the biggest news. Uh, Steve Smith, who is the stalwart franchise wide receiver there forever, um, as we all know, you guys are at the Combine, and Dave Gettleman, the GM, raised some eyebrows when he, uh, he said, asked about Smith's future, said the bottom line, it's part of the evaluation process, even referred to him in, uh, in the past tense by saying he, Steve's had a great career. As you might imagine, knowing Steve Smith's history, this did not sit well, and he had some comments to a radio station in Charlotte today. I guess I'll read one quote. There's a lot of great lines. Uh, but I'm just taking it one day at a time. I don't really know what's going on, to be honest. Until a couple days, I didn't know my football career was in jeopardy. So it's a lot that I have to process. That's just one sound. Right? The guy said a lot of interesting things. What are we to make of this? Is Steve Smith, first of all, he's right to be frustrated by this, I would think, because he says that no one gave him any heads up about him potentially being in jeopardy. But will Steve Smith be back? Well, I think there was a message sent there, and the message is you have to take a pay cut. Uh, the other part of Steve Smith's comments, he he talked a lot about – they asked him if he would play anywhere else, and he spoke for probably 30, 40 seconds just on the fact of how much he loves Charlotte and didn't want to play outside of Charlotte. So it seems like he doesn't want to play anywhere else, and the fact that he's talking about his career being in jeopardy would seem to back that up, that he he wouldn't go anywhere else if the Panthers released him. Seems like a logical move when either you've already been asked to take a pay cut or you know you're about to that perhaps your agent said this is coming is to take to the airwaves and to build some empathy around the fact that you've been here forever. But it, it's funny to me always, although I'm not making light of it because for these guys, their careers end so much sooner than they should. But you're in your 30s and you're wondering why a team is coming to you and say, time to restructure. We don't care who you are. The part that surprised me is he said he heard it secondhand. So that means there's been no conversations either between the team and Smith or between the team and Smith's agent, unless Smith's agent's keeping that from him, which doesn't really make any sense. And when you look at his contract, it doesn't make a lot of sense to cut him anyways because he's guaranteed so much money. So I'm confused by this whole thing. I blame it all on you and Mark. <laughs> they didn't have a chance to have these conversations because Gettleman and Rivera weren't sure what they were going to do until the intrepid reporters at the <laughs> NFL Combine kind of caught them, you know, surprised. We talked about whether we even wanted to write a Steve Smith post the first day because we asked, are we blowing this up out of proportion? Are we kind of twisting their words? And we didn't want to do that. So we mentioned it, but lightly in another article, and then we followed up the next day with Rivera, and he seemed pretty clear about that Smith's future is uncertain. So, yeah, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. You it's guys created the news on this one. <laughs> well, yes. and Gettleman, you know, is one of the few guys that seemed like a straight shooter. And he was asked point blank, will he be back? And he just said, I don't know. And they don't know. And these are the facts that you cannot deny with Steve Smith. He's turning 35 in May. 
which is pretty much ancient for a wide receiver. And he's coming off a season, season in which his production dipped significantly. I mean, there's no way around that. So maybe he's not a number one wide receiver anymore, and maybe the Panthers need to see what's going to happen in free agency in the draft, and then they'll know what they want to do with Steve Smith. It's an evaluation. It makes sense. Well, I hope they're ready to line up Armonte Edwards as their number one receiver because <laughs> Brandon LaFell's a free agent. Ted Ginn's a free agent. They're talking about getting rid of Steve Smith. Forget about it. I, I don't think there's much of a chance he's not on the team. The way, the fact he said he hasn't talked to them makes me think at the same cost. It's not the it's not a huge priority, and he'll he'll be there. That's I think it'll be that way. One more bit of Panthers news: Jordan Gross, uh, his retirement ceremony was, and it was a ceremony uh, in Charlotte today. He retired after 11 seasons with the team. Obviously, was a steady, potentially underrated left tackle for 11 years. Um, I I made light of the fact that they had a uh, an entire uh, procession where they had singing and a highlight reel of of Jordan Gross pancaking people. I remarked on Twitter that you know one time all pro, and then I got a lot of Panthers heat, <laughs> including their PR guy who was not happy with me. So I had to make some peace uh, that, on behalf of the Shield. That Jordan Gross setup reminds me of the Cheers episode where. Cliff goes to Florida and comes back with the, you know, the old slideshows, like the circular slideshows where you have to put in the slide, and he shows everyone, and nobody in the bar is paying attention to him. Jordan Gross is actually going through slides and pictures in his, like, ceremony. Very well prepared. Yes, it was it was nice. You know, in fairness to those Panthers fans, Dan, you did choose the day that this guy retired after an 11-year career to take a shot at him. Well, and I think the big takeaway... Well, what was you know. the big deal? Can't you just let him have some I, fun? I, a barbershop quartet? Well, it wasn't a barbershop yes, quartet. Yes, it was. It was the play... But the play... It was Ryan Khalil doing it. It was the players and some coach doing it. It wasn't an official barbershop quartet. They were having some fun. They're singing. I feel like... I mean, I said this... Dan's going to have a, a second career showing up to people's funerals and talking <laughs> trash and heckling them. Yeah. Well, if you want to go even further with this, how would you feel as a Panthers fan? The face of your franchise is talking about his football career being in jeopardy, Steve Smith, and the best offensive tackle. So two guys, I know Greg hates this term, two guys on your franchise's Mount Rushmore could be done mm. after they brought you the division championship. Right, their sweet moment was quick. There's a lot to do in Carolina. And Gross said that. He said it's good to know that I was a big part of bringing the the division championship back, and he can end it on a high note. I kind of saw that as it's going to be hard for us to repeat next year. Uh, moving on, the Tampa Bay Bucks obviously signed Darrell Rivas uh, to that massive contract last year. A report surfaced yesterday that teams had reached out to the Bucks at the Combine about uh, Rivas' potential availability. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported Tuesday that more than one team did make preliminary inquiries, but no offers were made, and it wasn't apparent that any of the interest was real. Is there any chance that Darrell Rivas is not on this team? You know what this yes. is? And we never talk about this when trade reports surface. People in the NFL are nosy. They just want to know if a guy's available. Like, they want they want the rumor. Like, all these executives, they kind of want to just know how the Buccaneers stand on Rivas. That doesn't mean they want to trade for him. They just kind of want to know what the rest of us want to know. How how does he fit in your plans? It's a trade that would make sense for Tampa, for a coaching staff and a front office that inherited him. The Rebus trade doesn't make sense for anybody because he makes sixteen million a year, which is six million. For Tampa, I'm saying, if they could unload him for the right price, I I don't see why you would maybe not do that. Well, you were going to mention he makes six million more than any cornerback in the league. Yeah, 
Well, that's why I think the answer to Dan's question, is there any chance he's not on the Buccaneers? I think the answer is yes. Because maybe they want to give him a pay cut or maybe another team's willing to pay more than they are. They have given no public indication of that, but it wouldn't be stunning. Again, we're talking about an aging player who's making $16 million a year. He played well last year, but it wouldn't be totally shocking. I have a wild suggestion of who this might be. And coming from me, this might not be that surprising, but I look at pick someone who coached him in the past. Uh, right? Here it comes. A team with massive cap room. Go. And a guy who organized a defense that thrived off of using, let's call it one and a half shutdown corners. Mm. Jacksonville. No. <laughs> oh, wait. The London Monarchs. No. Oh. The Browns? You've got all the cap room in the world. You're missing a second cornerback to some degree. You could pair him with Hayden. It actually wouldn't even do much to your cap. You could do it and maybe it down the road, restructure that deal with him. And that's exactly the defense Petten ran in New York. He's already got a quarterback just as good as Revis. But he'd have Get two. two. That's what Cromartie and Revis were in New Nobody's York. Nobody's going to pay Revis $16 million. Really? The only team that was going to pay him $16 million was the Bucks last year. I feel better and better about the Jets parting ways with Revis. <laughs> $16 for a, a quarterback. It's an outrageous it's amount. I think, I mean, he isn't he probably right. They're just reaching out to see what the deal is. Can't you? Yeah, I think Chris is probably right. But you could make an argument. He was awfully good last year in his first year back from a torn ACL. Tough position to return from. Cornerback, maybe he will be that old Revis. I mean, we talk about Revis like he's some other cornerback. He's not. He's one of the greatest cornerbacks, I think you could argue, of all time, at least when he was at his peak. No, I agree with that. And he's still more likely to be released than traded. And we were, I have some news uh, to go through for the Cleveland Browns as well. I was hoping to get to this part of the news without the Browns coming up, but Mark just wouldn't let it happen. Uh, the Cle- <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> According to our own Daniel Jeremiah, the Cleveland Browns, it's not Johnny Manziel that they're after for, after who we had heard that they were, quote, prepared to move heaven and earth to acquire. It's actually Derek Carr. Ooh. Mark? I mean, at this time of year, and I think that, you know, Jeremiah acknowledged that the whole Jan- Johnny Manziel thing was – a, a massive smoke screen dating back weeks or months. But this also, I mean, this also could be equally a smoke screen. What do we trust at this point? Really anything? I mean, he's hearing that, but... Could be a smoke, smoke screen. If I was a Browns fan, I'd be thrilled with the idea of getting a quarterback who's not as good as David Carr. Well, the th- oh, I think stop. the theory Why was... Why say he's not as good as David Carr? Because he's not nearly as highly rated coming into the league as David Carr was coming into the league. Hmm. Yeah, it's not a name that suddenly, you know, people are rolling the red carpet out for. I think the point more was they don't want to move heaven and earth and give up their entire draft for one of these quarterbacks at this point. They want to use their fourth and 26th pick. Or this is the old smokescreen to the smokescreen, and they is. really want Johnny the whole time. Very hazy. Or <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo. advanced. Ooh. Who we met yes. multiple times. Mark asked him if he talked to the Browns in the airport. Mark asked him. A dogged Mark Sessler. Intrepid. And, and Groppler said, yes, I have talked to the Sessler's player. never off the clock. <laughs> Apparently. Other Browns news. Uh, inside linebacker DeQuell Jackson, who's been a, a mainstay there since 2006, was released today after the, the two sides got together about, I guess, talking about maybe restructuring. That wasn't happening. And now he's been released. He was due a $4.1 million roster bonus on March 15th. The Browns didn't want to pay it. And now Jackson is heading toward free agency. You're going to hear that this was a cap move because he's set to make a lot of money. But 
they have a ton of cap room, as Mark mentioned. So it's just a football move. They don't think he's that good anymore. And they released a bunch of statements of what a great leader he was. And he has been, by all accounts, one of the guys uh, in that locker room that the organization really depended on. He was a very dependable player, but they couldn't agree on a restructure. And ultimately, they just don't see him as a premier player, and that's what he was signed to do. Seems like he will still get another job relatively soon, I would imagine. Yeah, I was doing some research when I was writing up the post, and there are Marvin Lewis, Bill Belichick. These are uh, coaches that spoke very highly of Jackson during the season, uh, praising him. But, you know, as Mark, you had sent me the note, Pro Football Focus had him ranked as the 13th best inside linebacker in 2011, uh, 41st in 2012, 42nd in 2013. So maybe he just wasn't the guy he used to be, and you just move on. Mike Zimmer needs a middle linebacker in Minnesota after they cut Aaron Henderson. Connecting the dots. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to give anything away, but he's going to be on that free agency 101 list. Right smack in the middle. We both had him around the, the 50s area. There's yep. a couple, hmm. couple good inside linebackers, Brandon Spikes, Donald Butler. I think those guys are younger, and they'll get signed quicker, but... Jackson shouldn't have any problem getting a Carlos job. Carlos Dansby, Daryl Smith. There now seems to be some linebackers. It looked like a, a, a weaker list this year, but now we got five inside linebackers there. I really like this free agency 101 thing. And I just, I just heard, and Gold Standard is nodding his head in approval. It feels right. I just feel like maybe it's taken. Is that possible? Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't your, I feel like relatives would understand what that means, the concept of it. You know, just people that aren't even, they don't even know about football. Oh, yeah, 101. That means you're going to learn something about the subject just mentioned. Speaking of which, I'm holding in my hand an email that has, see, this is what I don't get. This is why you guys are throwing me off in your laboratory, is it's a top 101, I would assume, if it's free agency 101, but I only see 100 names here. Yeah, but that's because we were developing that we're after gonna, we printed these sheets. We're going to the the oh. throw the best kicker on there at the end. <laughs> Graham Gano, 101. Graham Gano got the 101. Um, yeah, so we're looking at the list here, and Mark and I um, were not involved in the creation. This is a pure uh, Wes and Rosie because joint. Because you didn't have a Bunsen burner. There was no Bunsen burner. <laughs> I didn't have my protective goggles. I forgot to bring them in, so I was punished. Uh, Mark, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, and I'll just say, just for the purposes of uh, giving some type of context, number one on this list is uh, tight end Jimmy Graham. And we have the Kraken, Greg Hardy at number two, and Brian Arakpo at number three. Those are the top three on the free agency 101. Mark, I want you to kind of kind of go through the list and, and let me know what jumps out to you. Well, I think there's a— Take some shots at him No, there's a want. lot of places to look. They're I look at open. your top ten, and, and he started that, and I think that it's hard to disagree with anything I see there. You guys probably didn't have any two, two major disagreements there. In the top ten, we were closer— we were pretty close for the most part. And most of these guys are going to get the free agent tag, or a lot of the guys in the top ten. So we'll, we'll be updating it on NFL.com, and we'll be adding cut players and adding who signs and all that. I think, well, there, listen, let's just start in one place. The, and it was interesting how it, you ordered Alteron Werner at 11, Aqib Tlaib number 12, and then TJ Ward 13. Was there any disagreement with that? Scenario? Did you have any of them? Any other? Greg place? had Talib considerably higher, considerably higher than than I did. I still don't. I, I don't know if I would invest in his character. I have issues with that, and he he's had hip issues for two or three years in a row now. Since when did you become someone that 
care so much about character here. Oof. Usually just you judge what's The scientists on, going at it you judge in their lab <laughs> with their <laughs> white coats on. They're going to be stained with blood. You look at who's the best player, who's in his prime, and... What did you say that when you're investing millions of dollars, it matters if you got a if you have a guy who's going to end up in jail or <laughs> and or suspended for multiple games? Well, he's had his uh, act together, and but, I had Talib actually as the number eight player overall. I think Wesseling had him about 16, so you see it, it landed somewhere in the middle. I don't think there's a big difference between all the top cornerbacks. There are a number of good ones this year: Alteron Werner. Vontae Davis is 16. You could even go down uh, to Sham, Sam Shields. Brent Grimes It probably got some votes Here, as a top cornerback. Here's where I think a beaker fell over and just tipped over something ugly where <laughs> one of you just guys like just got conked out. Spill the liquid like a light blue liquid on the panel and <laughs> yeah. like smoke. And BJ Raji at number 20. I, you know, I just look I at this guy. I thought it was my that, turn to oh, talk well, to them. But I'm going to no, go, go silent ahead. after this. Go but ahead, I, I just look at a guy that I think that is is going to get run out of Green Bay potentially and has underperformed, and he's above some remarkable players. Yeah, like <laughs> Linval <laughs> Joseph and Dominic Rodgers. I don't know. How could okay, you dare do that? I'm not remarkable, but I would take... I would take Randy Starks over B.J. Raji. I guess it's, it, it has to do with scheme, too. But Raji, to me, is just an unimpressive guy that I'm not going to give a long-term contract It also to. has to do with age, and Randy Starks is 30 years old. I think Randy Starks is a much better player than B.J. Raji. Ooh. And I think I, I think I might have had Starks higher than Raji on my list. Raji was one of those guys that, in the back of my head, I was like, am I overrating him because he's a big name? And I didn't put him that high. I put him about 20, I thought. And... I was thinking, well, maybe Wesseling will knock him down a few pegs. He was a tough guy to figure out because he's still in his prime. He has shown that he can be a great player, and he's still young. So and, those are the guys that I'd like to pay. And there are very few men his size that are, that are good. So th- you get you, you paid a premium for being big. We disagreed a lot on Henry Melton, too, who I had very high, and Wesseling did not, and it— we ended up having him as the 19th player overall, just ahead of Raji in terms of interior defensive linemen. And again, my theory is guys coming off injuries, especially young guys in their prime, a lot of times they get underrated. ACLs aren't that big of a deal anymore, relatively. If, you're, if you can get a guy like Melton who's shown he can be a top five defensive tackle for the next four or five years, isn't that worth the injury risk, give him a little extra money. People are so afraid of signing ex-injured players. I like to call him Melt On. I think it's, I like uh, it's generous to say he was, he's top five tackle. For like a year. He, right. And and I do have a more of a problem paying a guy coming off an ACL injury. I just don't think it's as much of a given. All right, All right scientists. But a year, a year ago <laughs> at this on. time, he would have been a top five free agent. <laughs> yes, he would have. So that's why we knock him down a little bit. Yeah. All right, I'm going to pick out something from the list, and I will do it because it's even kind of a little newsworthy. Uh, Jeremy Macklin and Riley Cooper, two free agent wide receivers to be with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, report out today from Jeff McClain at the Philly Inquirer that a deal is very close with Cooper, a multi-year contract uh, that could happen in the next few days. And Jeremy Macklin might not be far behind, although that seems less concrete why I find this interesting is they get the deal done with Cooper first. However, on the top 101, the class of 101, Jeremy Macklin ranked number 29 and Riley Cooper ranked number 72. So I ask you, gentlemen, I know Macklin's coming off a knee injury, but is that the only reason why he's... Wait, Macklin's coming off a knee injury, so why is he <laughs> Is he that much better, even with a, a 
a destroyed knee, he's 50 spots better than Riley Cooper, who's, you know, has done things in his own past? We factor a lot in guys you would want to go to concerts with. I was going to say, the Kenny Chesney concert. (laughs) I think I see Riley Cooper's emergence as a direct result of Chip Kelly's offense. Uh, in terms of his views at Riley Cooper concerts? No, or, excuse me, at Kenny Chesney concerts? Having a breakout season. Oh, I got you. I'm not sure that's transferable to offenses across the NFL. And as a for instance, I would rather have Andre Roberts on my team than Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper going into this year was someone that wouldn't even be considered on the top 100 list. And I try to think about that when I'm doing these rankings. Don't just rank it off of last year. Rank it off what we've seen out of their careers. And Macklin is the poster boy for what I was talking about with overrating injuries. I think it's smart to get him on a one-year, $6 million contract or whatever he's going to accept, or maybe even try to get him to a multi-year deal with, with, for not too much money because we've seen it. Young receivers, they can recover from a torn ACL. And to me, he is an NFL starter. And that's how I basically did this list and, and categorize everyone. Who's a starter? Who's above average starter? Who's below average starter? Macklin, to me, is about an average prime of his career NFL wide receiver. Cooper, to me, is below average. And I also look at your number 25 on this list, four spots ahead of Macklin. And I guess this plays into, uh, Greg, at least your viewpoint of getting guys coming off bad years, maybe some injury issues, but also in the prime of their career. Hakeem Nix at number 25. Well, to me, that's low because he's a guy that a few years ago we thought could be a top 5 to 10 receiver, and he showed that sort of game-breaking ability. And that's about where I put him. I don't mean we have him ranked too low, but we do have him ranked below guys like Jason Worlds is 22, Everson Griffin's 21, you know, Alteron Werner's up at 11, Jason Hatcher's 17. So you're already getting a little further down the list where you're getting a bit of a bargain, but a guy that young who has shown that much potential, to me, he's an intriguing guy. On the list of guys who are responsible for the Giants' second Super Bowl, Hakeem Nix ranks possibly first or second. That's fair. So he's shown it. Like Greg said, he's been a game-breaker. On the other hand, zero touchdowns last year. He was thoroughly outplayed by Reuben Randall, his backup. Uh, I have some issues with that. Do we know? Obviously, the leg injuries have been a part of it. Is that explosion gone for good? Or is it just taking a two-year hiatus like Antonio Gates did? So those are things we can't know. That's why I ranked him closer to 30 than 20 or 15. I struggle with, we get down into the 50s, and you've got Darren McFadden at 50, and down at 61, no Sean Moreno, two spots above LeGarrette Blount. I mean, Moreno, to me, uh, you know, I understand his career fell off for a bit, and he had a nice comeback scenario with Denver, but McFadden, I'd really, really struggle as a team uh, to give McFadden a longer contract with any hope that he's going to produce. Marino has has been a guy who's been talked about every offseason of the last two or three years. The Broncos could possibly cut him because he's that far down on their depth chart. Nobody believes he's that good. Out of all the starting running backs in the NFL, might run the slowest 40-yard dash. I take McFadden because, like Greg explained earlier, we're talking about the last few years. Not We're not basing this all on the 2014, 2013 season in which – Marino had benefit of playing with Peyton Manning in the most explosive offense in the NFL. I think much of Marino's value stems from the offense he's in. And what, what is he exactly? To me, he's 
a backup or a guy you split carries with, he's not a guy that you're like, this isn't Moreno's offense. Now, that worked out with the Broncos for half the season, but that's because they're the Broncos. And he can play all three down, so that's valuable. It's amazing how low these running backs were, though. As low as that sounds, number 50, McFadden was our number two running back. And we'll break down these free agents by position that's on the site. That's a running back class. Right. Ben Tate is the highest running back, and that's because Wesseling had him rather high, and he's number 36 overall, and he kind of fits that you mold. You had him higher than I did. Uh, what? Hey, don't let <laughs> the facts oh, get in the, the way. <laughs> Another beaker spills. It, let me, Vapors let me rise. One more thing on these. I think Greg and I think alike on this issue. A lot of these guys, we want the best case scenario. We, yeah. w- we want the option of having that. If Darren McFadden recaptures 2011 form, he's way better than anything Noshaw Marino could possibly ever be. So uh, Jermichael Finley is another guy that we thought about that with. He's a risk. But would I rather take a chance on Finley's best-case scenario than sign Dennis Pitta? Yes. We had Finley at 26, and we agreed. I was surprised. That was one of the hardest guys to rank it's overall, weird. just mixing him in. But I did it based on if he's cleared to play. Dan, totally not buying that. I mean, the guy, if he's cleared to that's play. That's pretty high for a guy that we don't even know if he's going to play again. And it's not like well, it's we're not a knee injury playing. or it's not a, a, a torn bicep. That guy has a neck injury that is spinal fusion surgery. C3, C4 vertebrae. Take 26. Some, take some chances in free agency, Dan. <laughs> Shoot for the moon. You could draft the tight end in the third round to be an okay backup like uh, your boy Jeff Cumberland. Cumbie. But if you're going to bother to go to free agency, we'll take Finley. You take Julian Edelman. Nice, safe pick guy who's been injured every year of his hey, career I like, until last year. I like year. Edelman. All right, scientists, get off my back. Let me let me ask one more question before we move on. Um, if you could uh, break down for us some of the disagreements mm. that the two – uh, doctors had in terms of uh, maybe Greg had him high, the other guy had him low. Who knows? Tell, big disagreements. Speaking of Edelman, that was one of them. I I am I've seen this everywhere where guys are ranking Edelman so high just because of volume, because no one else was around to catch passes for Tom Brady last year. Edelman's getting ranked as a guy everybody wants. It completely ignoring the fact that Edelman sat on the market all offseason last year and nobody wanted him, settled for a one-year deal for maybe one and a half, two million. Nobody wanted the guy. But I guess this is the way the NFL works. It's all, what you, what have you done for me lately? Edelman's the same player he was two years ago. Hmm. Andre Roberts is a better player than Julian Edelman. No, that's not true. It is true. Edelman's one of the best you put Andre punt Rob- returners in NFL history. You get a little... You get well. Just in terms put of Andre Roberts in the Patriots offense. Well, hold on. Edelman came into the league having to learn the position. Mm. I give him a lot of credit for the development we've seen. He, I, I would you argue that he's he had a hundred catches last year because nobody else was health, was healthy. I for see the what Patriots. you're saying. But I'd also say that they asked him to do something and he did it all very right. very well. I, I grouped those receivers all close together: James Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, Julian Edelman. They were all in that second tier for me. I didn't have Edelman. Too wait, high at, eye, wait, at all. A month ago, you said James Jones was better than Eric Decker. Now he's the same as Edelman? <laughs> right, so Edelman's almost as another. good as Decker? What's I want going more. on Decker's here? Overrated. Another Decker's not overrated. Maurice Jones-Drew is a guy that Wesley <laughs> and I was surprised had very high for a broken-down running back uh, that hasn't done much of anything lately. I believe he was not in my top 50. 
Then how, then wow. Why did I write him down as a big disagreement? Because you had him at like 80-something. Neither, wow. neither of us is that high on him. Wes just took the Bunsen burner and turned it into a blowtorch. <laughs> neither of us is that high on him, but I, I think there is some discrepancy there. I, he's a guy that I thought played better towards the end of last year. I'd sign him as a tandem partner. Would in you a rather have Moreno, Mark Sessler, or Maurice Jones-Drew? I would definitely would rather have at this point Moreno. I, I saw what you did there, stretching out your answer mm. as you thought of who you're going <laughs> to no, no, say no, in your I head. Not, not I like strongly. the idea of putting <laughs> MJD into an offense where there's like three other backs pounding the ball. I don't want him. Have, I don't want to deal with I'd him. I'd much as my rather have MJD than, than Marino. He's got another good year in him potentially if you put him behind a team that can actually. Why, play why, a why do we think one of the best running backs of the last ten years? Yeah, that was five years yeah, ago. But where is he now? Nah, he led the league in two, rushing two in 2011. Ago, yeah, two years two ago he led the NFL in rushing. Hurt in 2012. Well, he played behind injuries. one of the worst offensive line in the NFL last year with no other uh, weapons on the team. I'd rather take a chance on a guy named LeGarrette Blunt uh, running through defenses last year. It's funny you, you should know say what that. He does. You guys have him at 63, Greg and Wes. Yeah. And if let's say, because he had those two uh, amazing games or late in the season. It was two or three in a row, right? And then he did nothing in the elimination loss. That elimination loss, if he had another great game, would he be... Like in the 40s? Would he be way higher? Or is well, that one yes. game knock him down 20 well, spots? I didn't rank him in my top 80, and I probably wouldn't have ranked him in there no matter Ooh, what. Bunsen burner blowtorch. <laughs> He's a one-dimensional player who has faded from relevance off and on throughout his career because he, he the, the fundamentals of the game escape him, and I think you have to find a coaching staff willing to put up with it. Greg, he well, says the fundamentals of the game escape him. Answer that. Dan thinks this segment is so bad that he has to add sound effects and start yelling back and forth. It's a good segment, Dan. Hold on, one note. Wait, if I'm you enjoying got, it. If you've I'm got $3 million dollars sitting around and you don't know what to do with it, go to number 75, Josh Freeman. Ooh. Pick him up for $3 million. I really struggled that with That worked out well for the Vikings when they picked him up for $3 million. <laughs> well, That's what I'm it's saying. impossible in the middle of the season. I really struggled with where to put Freeman do, would you rather have Freeman than Matt Castle, for instance, or Josh McCown? And then if you would, how high do you put him in this overall top 100? Do you put him ahead of you know reasonable starters? It, He's a guy that's still young and has some talent and plays totally quarterback. It depends on the rest of your roster, specifically at quarterback. Well, we don't really have that luxury making the top 100 list. I know. Though. Before we move on, I do want to just commend both of you for putting Alex Carrington ahead of Garrett Graham at 93 and 94. <laughs> you know, I thought about putting Alex Graham in my top 60, or Alex Carrington in my, in my top 60, but I, I couldn't put him there. Well, he didn't make my top 100, unfortunately, which is why that's the only way you can get at the very bottom if you're only on one of our lists and not the other. So Boom. the fact that Ted Ginn is number one hundred, I think he's one hundred one now because we got to add Dequell Jackson in there. That means I ranked him dead last, and uh, Wesseling did not rank him. Nobody believes in Ted Ginn. Wait, Wesseling believes on great gold... things about Ginn all year. I'm surprised he likes Golden Tate then? so much. What, what's not to like about Golden Tate? He's like ninety percent of Heinz Ward. He's in wow. five in four years of his career, at no point has he ever been particularly consistent or trustworthy. Talk or guy about that, a guy who, if you put him on the Patriots, would blow Julian Edelman out of the water. Golden Tate is a very good receiver it, on the run heaviest team in the league, so his numbers don't look isn't good. Isn't Heinz Ward a borderline Hall of Famer? Yes. And you say that Golden Tate's ninety percent of a borderline Hall of Famer? Yes. Wowza! You know what's part of being a <laughs> Pro, though, is this is fun. I'm enjoying this. Getting up to speed with your offense, knowing exactly what they need and 
what they don't. And I don't. Golden Tate is a guy when you read between the lines, listening to Russell Wilson and even the coaches and stuff. I don't know if he's the, been a guy that's always been exactly on the same page of that. What's going Pete on there? Pete Carroll and John Schneider have been nothing but effusive in the praise of Golden Wait, Tate. Wait, how do so we know? Fight. How would we know that? You got to read. Wait, read, <laughs> read between the lines. Well, well, while we're reading between the lines, what's this about Brandon Albert doesn't care for the game of football? Ooh. Well, that was <laughs> offline. I didn't oh. know that would be brought up. Well, I had him in the mid. Uh, well, as you know, Wes will speak his mind. Yeah, well, I want to know punches. what that's code for. Okay, uh, Brandon Albert, you we had do him have ranked. To move on eventually, guys. I just want to let you know. <laughs> but go ahead. You had Brandon Albert ranked eighth. I had him sixteenth or seventeenth. I think there's been questions within the Chiefs, within the league. Is he a guy that you want to give a big long-term contract to? Is he a guy that showed up every day of his career and is known for being the hardest-working guy there in the room and having a great work ethic and wanting to be great? Is he that guy? Hmm. That's interesting. Well, he you are more the plugged hardest, in than I am, so maybe yeah. you know a few more he things. He can't be the hardest-working guy when you've got Dwayne Bowe in that room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Jared Valdir over him. This is not the Eugene Monroe. This is not the end of our talk about this list and free agents. <laughs> In fact, on Friday we're gonna cook, we're gonna cook up some type of game. I'm gonna put my Wink Martindale uh, tie on, and we're gonna go to go to town on this. Wink so, tie. So get excited. It's Wink you'll time. Be, you'll be producing Damashek's show in no time as Wink tie. I uh, know. Wink. Ooh, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. That was good, guys. Everybody okay? It seemed we got a little hot. Oh, that was nothing. Wait till we have our <laughs> top ten safeties segment coming up. Oh, what? I'll sit that pot out. Wait, you had Malcolm Jenkins below <laughs> Thomas Decoud? Give me a break, Wesseling. Oh, we have to throw Decoud on the list, too. Oh, I thought point. it was Decoud. You pronounce, I thought it was a silent D. I believe it's Decoud. That would be the French pronunciation. Oh, see. I'm not I, sure. I pronounce things in the French way always. All right, moving on. <laughs> By French, you mean abnormal. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, off-season forecasts. Uh, we're going to start with the team that entered the 2013 season as the defending champion. Didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, of course, that is the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Sessler uh, wrote our off-season forecast on our site, so I will open it up. Mark, um, the forecast for the Ravens, partly sunny with storm clouds potentially rolling in. <laughs> Fair. Well, they're in better situation than they were a year ago when they had literally almost no cap room and they were in hot water. And remember how we were. I like when Mark steps on. I set you up with a weather forecast. I wanted you to mark on that, but just rolled right over. Yeah, listen, uh, not maybe not the most seamless transition okay. of all time. Go ahead, sorry. I feel like we got a lot of our news for the Ravens at the combine and leading up to it because it's clear that. Of their biggest free agents, they are prioritizing getting either a deal done for Pitta or he's uh, getting close to a no-brainer for the tag, potentially. They're very hot on re-signing Eugene Monroe at their, at their tackle spot, and I think they want to make him their long-term left tackle. And it sounds like the one, one question was Daryl Smith, who I thought did a very nice job for them last year, played the second most amount of snaps on their defense. They want him back, too. And, you know, then it, 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 it bleeds into guys that if they don't get them back, guys like Michael Orr and Dallas Clark, all these people, who cares if they don't come back? Michael Orr's gone. He's totally gone. He's but gone. They don't I even want him back. They're going to do what they do, which is smart. They're going to be active in free agency. They said that. But that includes signing their own guys really number one. And if they do anything outside of that, I think it's going to be more filling holes with stuff that makes sense the Ravens' way. They don't go out and blow you away with deals for guys who shouldn't get those deals. Hmm. What do you? What's their biggest needs? 
overhauling Man. the rushing attack. I wrote about that this morning. John, I, John Harbaugh there. said that he need to just overhaul the whole thing. Offensive line, he wants to add running backs, which seemed peculiar to me when you have Ray Rice and Bernard Pierce. But maybe it's a message to them that three yards per carry isn't enough. Well, and we don't. I don't think we can watch. Say that we watch offensive line play, and we can dissect how everyone's doing game to game or what they're. I can. Outside of Greg, <laughs> but Gino Gredkowski at center is not fit to be a starter. Oof. And I think that a lot of their pressure came right up through the middle of that line last year. Would you say that was because he was a first-time starter and he got gradually better as the year went along, or? The fact that he was making the calls for a six-time Pro Bowler like Matt Burke. Not an easy job to to take off at the start, but I I just think that they – in general, the line needs a lot of help, and there's going to be a lot of turnover again. They will have a new right tackle. And they have a new offensive system, and you mentioned Monroe as a priority. I could see Monroe leaving in a heartbeat just like we thought Paul Kruger or Ellerby, maybe one of them could have stayed last year. Neither of them did. We have Monroe in our top five free agents overall in all of free agency. So if he doesn't get the tag and he's this close to free agency, it wouldn't shock me if Eugene Monroe is the highest paid free agent this offseason. They might have a tough time keeping him. And then maybe Orr's gone and you got no tackles. You got Geno at center. That's a problem. He said you're not getting any discount. Not a hometown one. It's only been his hometown for one season. It's not going to come easy. I think he's going to go out and get the money he wants. Let me ask you a question, Mark. Um, and Wes, the story you did today, uh, you, the story you did Wednesday um, about the overhauling the running game. We hear the support from the new coordinator and from Ozzie Newsom that Ray Rice is a major part. Is there any way this guy is cut? Could it happen? Well, I mean, I think I think a lot of things can happen right now that would seem improbable, but but I think, will it? No, I I think Ray Rice is in the plans, and I think that you know they already have. They must know the bulk of what occurred in that incident. They've seen, Ozzie Newsom said he's seen video of it, and they said that they talked with Ray Rice and that they're satisfied with his side of the story. But if it goes off some legal mountain cliff, then Or sure. that video gets out of him potentially well, clocking I mean, that his could, girlfriend. That could change a lot of things. The Ravens, like, you know, I mean, they've kept on, they've kept guys in the past with questionable legal They've been so histories. strong in supporting Rice, there's no reason to question Greg, it. Greg, right. is Ray Rice in the NFL at the age of 30? How old is he right now? Yes. 27, 26. It's mm. a good question That's right there. a great question. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to go now. I'm wow. I'm going to go now. Huh? Almost, so you don't see him rebounding from almost what Almost as anticlimactic as, uh, as Blindside 2, oh, which you, is going to uh, be coming out, the sequel, <laughs> and it ends with Michael Orr ranked 55th in our top 101. <laughs> Second string guard of the Cardinals. So. For all of you dynasty fantasy football leaguers out there, Greg Rosenthal just advised you to trade Ray Rice as soon as possible. Is that not already happening? Well, I think there would be a lot of people that would say the smart move would be to buy low coming off a of- like a worst-case scenario year. He was injured all last season. How old is he? He's really only 26? I Come on. You guys are just making things 27 up. 27, maybe? I'll tell you answer. right now. Ray Rice is 27. He won't turn 28 until next January. Centering right. his age a lot 26. Of miles, that. That, a lot of miles under that his would mean, hood. That would mean he needs to get to three more NFL seasons to prove me wrong. Hmm. Um, before we move on, Mark, off-season crystal ball time. What will happen with the Ravens this offseason heading toward September? Well, I think they're going to re-sign Pitta, and I think they're going to get Smith back. I think that Greg is right that Monroe is going to be tougher than they thought. 
Draft-wise, you know, there's another big need for Baltimore is wide receiver help. I, I think that they're going – There's a, it's a great draft for the, for the receiver class from what we're hearing in that uh, they need – you know, the, the Bolden trade did not work out for them last year. They, they, we saw an opening, opening week against the Broncos. They were throwing to Stokely and other bizarre characters that just made the <laughs> Ravens look like they were on an average age of 57 years old. They, and, and, you know, they need a guy that can come in and do what Bolden did and let Torrey Smith do what he does. It's amazing. That's been a need for them every offseason for the, a decade. Yeah, there has well, never they, been a point. It's like we got to get rid of Mark Clayton. We got to get rid of this guy. There's been no point in the last Derek decade Mason. where it hasn't been yeah. a need. And now you got Jacoby Jones and Doss are free agents. It's just you know you're so suddenly low. Their whole franchise, really. When have they ever had that species on their team? Well, they have Tory Smith, which worked. But, out, Mike, but you're right. Yeah. Michael Dyson slash Jackson for a year. They won a Super Bowl. With with a pretty good combo, and then they broke it up a little bit. For years, they had, they had no quarterback and no receivers. Right. Moving on, another AFC team, the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously coming off a bounce-back season, which uh, they made the playoffs, lost that heartbreaker to the Colts when Andrew Luck went nuts in the second half. Uh, they head into a new season. It doesn't seem like there will be a lot of changes. Um, if anything, maybe a, ph- a philosophical shift on offense that began as the season progressed. Chris Wessling, I, I ask you, it, it appears like it's mostly sunny with a chance of glory. I don't see many chances of glory Because off-season here. forecast. I don't know if I go weather. with glory. <laughs> no, mean, this everyone can, just refusing your weather This analogies. is not in so an sorry. AFC that's why I know. In a way, <laughs> this, is the, this would win the award for running bit that has received the least amount of support from the group. Would it be the first one? Um, the in a wide open AFC where the Broncos could come back to earth and Tom Brady is you know getting older. Why can't the Chiefs be the team that comes out of the AFC? Aren't they? Isn't there potential for glory? I I'm telling you, I don't see it. Okay. Do you believe that, Dan? I do. I think the AFC is wide open. I think they had an easy schedule last year. Played a little over their heads early on. We're an uneven team, and they seem like they'll be similar next year. And they still are a team. If Jamal's Char- Jamal Charles gets hurt, they're done. They, okay. have, they have a lot of questions in free agency. They have a lot of issues to solve for a team that you would think they're sort of rebuilding, but really it, it, they have the problems of a veteran type of team. So what? Uh, who are the biggest free agents right now? Well, Brandon Albert by far is their biggest. And if they don't lock him up, you know, Greg pointed out they've been hesitant to do so. The Dolphins and Cardinals are waiting to snatch him up, and we'll we'll pay extra for him. Greg doesn't even like hearing that name come up. <laughs> I had him in the top twenty. He's fine. Just disgusted. Who what? else? The Dolphins have to be happy not to have traded for him last year. By the way, now they can get him for well, without that. After that, they've got some borderline starters like Tyson Jackson, Dexter McCluster, and a couple of guards in John Asamoah. Asamoah? I don't know how you pronounce it. And Jeff Schwartz. So their offensive line has some issues. They're going to have to, you know, and they had a guy like Eric Fisher who came in and didn't exactly blow the doors off as a number one overall pick. I don't like teams where, like you said, easy schedule to some degree, found themselves in the AFC West at the right time, and and the rest of their schedule played out well. They had one of those years where everything went went right turnover-wise. You you net a ton of turnovers. You gave up very few. Either that's who they are, and that helps. But a lot of times, those are the teams that the next year they have four, three or four fewer wins. 
All right, so what? They started scoring about 40 points a game, though, they for the second half. And that the gives stretch. me That gives me some hope that they could be good. But you kind of glossed over it, Wes. That, oh, they got to replace these other guys. They have a lot of starters. Tyson Jackson was a pretty good player for them. I was surprised you didn't rank him a little higher, not to get back into that. I mean, he was, a, he was a solid 3-4 starter for them. They have two offensive line starters who played pretty well. Kendrick Lewis, who maybe he's not great, but he's a young, in-his-prime starter. That's a lot of starters that they have to replace, maybe five or six of them. Well, I think a lot of those guys are below-average starters. That's why I probably glossed over it. I think Kendrick <laughs> Lewis might not even get a starting job on the open market. Wes openly insults like 12 NFL players. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Wes, what, what are their biggest needs? Well, they, they're going to have to reshuffle or tweak that offensive line. That, to me, seems like a big need. Dwayne Bowe, if he's lost forever as a number one receiver, that's a need. Tight ends a need, but they're probably counting on uh, Kelsey to come back healthy this year and take that role. So those would be, I would think, their biggest needs. It is at um, NFL Honors when Dan and I had the assignment of kind of grabbing these guys coming down the red carpet Oof. and annoying them because they were trying to have a pleasant night where they weren't being badgered <laughs> by anyone. But we were trying to do our, our thing. And yeah, I you're grabbed, doing it again next year, too. I know. Well, well, no, listen, I grabbed Jamal <laughs> Charles. And one, it is funny because I asked him if he felt that the – Chiefs had been overlooked for what they did late in the season on offense. And he said, you have to realize we didn't really as a, as a group learn really what we were supposed to do on offense the way Reed wanted us to till week mm-hmm. 9, 10, 11. And he's like, I think you're going to see us do that from the start. And they were on fire down the stretch. Well, I think We haven't even mentioned Alex Smith to this point. I think players would tend to credit the fact that the playbook wasn't open enough when in reality it was more of a game momentum situation when you had to start passing more because your defense was allowing more points. I think that's really what happened. And Alex Smith, yeah, we we haven't really talked about him, but this is a guy now, we've now seen it on the biggest stage in the playoffs twice now where he's had just these masterful games. Are we confident that he's a guy that they can really power their offense through along with Jamal Charles, or is he always going to be a guy that's complimentary? I feel better about Alex Smith right now than I have at any stage in his career, which is now going on, what, eight or nine years? 2005. So that's saying a lot. I think he's clearly on the good side of the Andy Dalton scale. Mm. I think Mm. he's reached the point where you can say, this guy is my franchise quarterback. He's not a high-end franchise quarterback. I think... They're going to give him more money this this offseason. And I think Dan's... Dan's raised a good point. He's been in the playoffs a couple of times now and has had two of the better playoff games of any quarterback. I mean, it's like you look at a team like good the Bengals, point, and we Thanks, can't get out of that Bengals preview without going all over the Dalton thing. I think with the Chiefs, Smith is who he is, and there's no reason to move on from him or replace him this season. He's perfectly— But that's like what I, kind of what I was saying. is like, who is he? Is, have we been underestimating him, and should we just take the shackles off and make productive. Alex Smith a stud? He's highly productive, He's and he doesn't kill you in games. He doesn't have the arm for it. He was carving people up for about half a season. Nick Foles did that, and people wanted underrated to give him the MVP. Runner too, don't you think? I think he's just yeah, underrated on the underrated. ground. He's one of the top five or six runners in the NFL. So, not to dig back in on the AD scale because we got to go soon, but does that make him, what is he, a top 15, back end of the top 15, if you were talking about franchise quarterbacks? Off the top of my head, I'd say 15 is fair. 15 to 20. I think Dalton okay. is right around 18 or 19 right now or 20 or something. 
All right, gentlemen. <laughs> I brought no, up the... That's a tough way to I, end this there is, podcast. <laughs> just a, it's a down there's note. an outside chance that the after Dalton scale, and I'm breaking this news to you guys. I don't know if you'll even be cool with it since I basically stole it. I was going to say. From Wes's thing? I, I, well, I gave him the credit. I, well, this was a, initially a fan idea. Mm. I brought it up. They do those top 10 shows for NFL films, and they did top 10 quarterback teases. And number seven on the list was Andy Dalton. So I went on a rant about the after Dalton scale. So maybe oh, so it's get, going global. You get a television spot and just completely crib <laughs> Wesleyan's. I, I mentioned the podcast, which probably guarantees it won't oh, mention. Oh, that'll get, hit the won't get on the floor. show. <laughs> Wait, so you, you did more of those TV things? Yeah, in Indianapolis I did. Wowzers. Wait, Mark and I weren't invited to do this. Wowzers. You, you guys are. Mr. Greg Hollywood. showed up in a suit. It's funny how you Doing guys didn't t- even find out until right now. Because <laughs> they were probably like, hey, Greg, we'd love to also get whoever else is there, Mark, Wes. I'm sure Dan there is there, too. Get all you guys on. And Mark was like, yeah, I'll tell him. And then he shows up. And then he's like, oh, where are the other guys? Oh, they couldn't make it. They're not feeling well. Hey, there's always there's always next year. It's not that big of a deal. The cat's it, out of the bag now. It actually, you guys never came up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's the sad truth wow. of it. Um, Wait, I've seen some of the jokers they have on there. I know. You wouldn't think it'd be a hard, like the Sklar brothers are on like every <laughs> single countdown. Like we can't get on there? Anyway. All right, we got to go. Um, we'll be back on Friday, and we'll talk some more free agents and news and all the stuff we do. And we have a guest next week in studio, which we'll, uh, we'll reveal. But uh, until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, and the gold standard behind the glass. Until Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.